Hello! Welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimino Eaton, and we are back again for another week. The back-to-back-to-back-to-back. The the double Drake, as I call it, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. We are here. Uh, We've got a great episode, because we just came off of a great tournament. And, of course, we've got some uh, stuff coming up later in the month, but... um, Let's focus on what we just had, because it was a really great one. And to focus on such a great tournament, we have a great guest. We have one of the nicest, kindest, just most uh, pleasant to be around people in Smash. I'm, of course, talking about my great friend, Edwin Budding. How's it going, my great friend, Wheat? It's going pretty well. How's it going yourself, Edwin? It's going great. Polish, I'm so happy you joined us. How you doing? Yeah, it's great to be here, guys. Thanks for thanks for inviting me on. Ready of course, to talk you... about some stats, baby? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you've done some homework, but uh, I think before we get into any of that, let's talk about what you've done recently because uh, you know it's very nice for you to join this episode because you've been a little bit of a busybody recently. Um, we were we had a podcast last week. We talked about Combo Breaker. That was an event that you went to, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, tipped off this weekend. How has the melee journey been? Because I know that um, you know if there are any followers of your Twitter account. Uh, we, we look for the messages from up on high of whether Melee is good now or Melee is bad now. So I know that there's yeah. some personal journeys with Melee. How's it been recently? Well, you know what? I'd have to say it's good. I'd have to say any of my fans, anyone who's been following along, they just have to know that right now the vibes are good. And I haven't posted this on Twitter, but not only are the vibes good, but we are so back. And I think that that's what you have to know. Um, recently, uh, melee has been melee was melee was pain for a while. You know, it was being kind of mean. It was being kind of evil. It was being kind of bad. Salt, she falcon punched me at a uh, at Smash Camp, and that hurt something in here. And I had to work through that. And as I worked through that. And as I got on the setup with Josh Man at Combo Breaker on Saturday night, and he beat me down. He beat me down for hours. I think that what has come out of this pain, not to actually be genuine, not to be actually like very genuine and kind of like real on the podcast, but uh, it's been good for me, like as a human being, like improving at melee has been helping me as a person recently and i was very i've been very ego motivated for a while and i was like what can i change to get me results i want some wins and some results right now and then i just got beaten up so bad that i had to forget about results and i felt that at combo breaker i felt that forget about results and after combo breaker after losing to mech after losing to ganondorf and after losing to ben to get seventh place and i know you stats heads you know i was Mm -hmm. seated third at that event so any statisticians out there may see that and say that's an underperformance for polish is polish washed is it is polish done are they falling off but me at that event in my heart i was thinking we are so back we are so back and you may have noticed again Mm -hmm. for these statisticians out in the crowd (laughs) the results at a recent event 
We may have noticed the results. Uh, what you may not have noticed was the play and the changes in the play, but we have all we have all seen the results and they speak to play, which comes from someone who's honestly just doing a lot better as a person due to melee. So let's do great. I want to dig into combo breaker because yeah. you're right. You pointed it out for the people who just look at the results. Um, maybe not a glowing performance, <laughs> but uh, you know, we are, you are someone who is active in the melee stats discord. And, and I, and of course follow you on Twitter. Um, I heard nothing but amazing things about how your mental was at the event and how um, basically you, you know, you talked about on Twitter, you talked about in the discord about how this event was like pretty important for you going forward. So I want to, want to hear a little bit more about that. Cause I think, yeah, if you just look at the stats, it might not really show it. Yeah. So I would say to set the scene, the ongoing Polish narrative at the time of combo breaker was that Polish, you know, they've been training up this Fox, right? Training up the Fox for hungry box. They're trying to trying to defeat Jigglypuff, trying to slay the demon (parentheses Jigglypuff), um, and trying to trying to get back into it. And it's trying to play Peach, trying to get those results, right? Trying to get those numbers up, trying to get those stats, trying to get that respect, that love, that adoration from the community, right? And at Combo Breaker, I had been struggling in the past, right? I'd been having a I'd been having a tough time at these events with with what I was referring to and what I was calling in my head, the mind goblin. Um, and that's a little guy, right? That's a little guy who lives in my head, who I created through my actions, through how I engaged with Melee for the year, where I played unranked and I was lazy and I was slothful, I was uninspired. And I threw out moves that bless their little hearts. These poor people on unranked could not beat. And it created these terrible habits inside me. And I got into the game and I got into the tense moments. And I was like, oh my God, I am up three stocks to one on S2J in game five at major upset in losers whatever. I'm going to win. Oh my gosh. I, I want to win. I want to win the set. And that's when the mind goblin would take over. In those moments, it would take over. And it would make me mid-height float. And I would mid-height float, and he would nair. And I would mid-height float, and he would nair. And I would mid-height float, and I would aerial, and he would shield, and he would grab. And he took those three stocks back to back to back. And my results, they were taken away by the Mind Goblin. <laughs> but, uh, so what happened to the Mind Goblin at Combo Breaker? What happened to the Mind Goblin? Great question. We Thank you. Really segued me in. Um, I think I defeated it. I think I defeated it, but I defeated it by finding something else. Josh Man beat me so, so bad. And I was in there and I was like, this sucks. I'm playing him and I'm like, oh my God, there are so many things I have to fix to beat him. I can't beat him. I want to win. I want to win right now, but I can't because he's so good. And he's like just such a cool and good player in the game. And there was that and then i saw that my next bracket match was versus ganondorf and i thought about it and i was like the pain of losing to ganondorf th this is gonna have to change me something's gonna have to shift between the seeing the ganondorf and knowing 
I, I'm not enough for this. And between Josh just beating me down on the setup, uh, something had to shift. And I went in and Josh said, I've been, uh, I've been speaking about it. I've been using this analogy. Um, over, over the past tournaments that I've been at, I've been setting up a lot of dominoes, right? Where it's like, you know, you, you push some dominoes, they all fall, a result happens, things happen, things shift. And I'd been finding little pieces where it's like, oh, I need this piece. Oh, I need this piece. I've been setting these dominoes up for a little while. And Josh came in and he kind of put in some clutch dominoes with like, honestly, just very kind and very human and well-intentioned advice. So like, shout outs that guy. Um, and then after doing that, after showing me such kindness, on the setup, he pushed the dominoes over, so to speak. And the next day, I realized that in this beautiful game of Super Smash Brothers Melee, what we want to do is we want to hit our opponents with moves that kill them. And we want them to not hit us with moves that kill us. And that single crystalline thought it, it shifted the foolish part of my brain. It shifted the subconscious. And now when I was in the game, my subconscious was not looking at, I would like my dopamine from winning, please. I would like my win dopamine. My subconscious was looking at, ooh, how can I hit my opponent in a way that kills them and not let them hit me in a way that kills me? And that is uh, one of those big ones when it comes to melee, you know? I'd have to say, I know you guys, you guys are somewhat into the game. I think we're kind of all on the same page about that fundamental of the game. And I have been kind of, it, it's made Melee feel a lot more natural since then. It's made Melee kind of flow from me rather than Melee being a thing that I'm like trying to force, trying to figure out like, ooh, how can I win? How can I win? It's just like, oh, this is actually like fun to do. This is fun mm -hmm. to play. And I think that my tool set at that event was not the largest tool set that I had integrated. Like, I think of it as like integrating tools into my subconscious so that my subconscious can understand the game for me. And I, with the conscious mind, can make those little decisions, those little adaptations, right? But my subconscious was kind of like, it was, it was like a newborn baby at that moment. It had been, <laughs> it had been just, it had just been created. It had just found out. It had just come back to playing this game after being away for so long, thinking about winning. Um, you know, you got, and you it really, it really does there. seem like, um, like the results did shift along with it. Right. Right. Edwin. Yeah. And you know, I, I really want to get it to tipped off and understand what your experience yeah, yeah. was like at that tournament, but just to, to put a wrap on combo breaker really quickly, mm -hmm. do you think it's possible that when, Josh, you know, per your words, was was beating you up in those friendlies. Do you think that at some point in those friendlies, he actually killed the mind goblin or pushed it away? I think I think it's too soon to say. I have competing theories about the mind goblin. I've been thinking about how I should conceptualize the mind goblin moving forward. Hmm. I've thought about did I kill the Mind Goblin in my set with Mech in those moments when I played with my own intention rather than letting it take over? I've not thought about if Josh killed the Mind Goblin. That's honestly really worth looking into. I've also thought about, 
I thought about if I befriended the mind goblin, if the mind goblin is now on my side, right? If it mm. is that subconscious working for me and Hugo. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to mention something that, you know, maybe this is truly a, this is, oh God, it, it's such a, it's such a possibility, right? That, you know, as, as slim as it may be and as, as dark as it may seem, do you, do you think that, do you think that there's any chance that Mech or Ben killed the Mind Goblin or pushed it out while it was on its way out? I think... I don't know if Mech dealt the final blow, but I would say that the effects of Mech in this world, the ripples that Mech, the stone, hitting the tranquil pool of this world created right those ripples did push against the mind goblin and they did help it be defeated beautiful all right i think that uh i think that just about wraps up your experience at comic breaker and everything before it it was a it was a wild journey but it's it's one that we're not done with because no. there, there was a there's there was a resolution of sorts that happened at the at this tournament as a result of this mind goblin, whether it's dead or pushed out or just minimized. There was a resolution to this current phase of your battle with them or your relationship with the mind goblin, mm. and it happened last weekend. So walk us through it from the start. You you enter the venue or you land in Atlanta. Where where do you want to begin? Wait, from that far back? What are... <laughs> Atlanta. Well, the Mind Goblin journey is a long and illustrious. Oh, yeah, all right, all right. You know what? I entered the I entered Atlanta, right? My plane landed, and I'd not planned so far ahead. And the venue was 15 minutes away, and I didn't know that until I got there alone without planning ahead. And I had to book a very expensive Uber by myself, and that was the beginning of my Atlanta experience. I'm not going anywhere with this. You just reminded me of it because you talked about Atlanta, <laughs> and I'm working through my pain live on air <laughs> the pain so, so the goblin is still there it's well back you know i think that there can be more than one thing in the world uh so is there an uber uh, goblin there's like a 50 dollars uber goblin 50 dollar okay. mm, yeah, yeah i'm gonna not talk about that um anyway so <laughs> combo breaker uh tipped off uh I don't think the story really starts at tipped off if we're looking for like a genuine earnest human recreation of what happened. But also we're a stats podcast and we don't True. care about the personal <laughs> growth. We don't care about the no, improvements in the gameplay. We care about the dubs, baby. We, we also uh, we hate unions. Sorry, we said that last uh, oh, two episodes we... ago. We hate unions. <laughs> Want to make sure it solidarity yeah, with melee we, stats we hate, yeah. in their fight against unions. Uh, we hate mindsets. Um, we only look at stats, and we also hate unions. What else do we? We hated something else. What was it, Edwin? Yeah, we don't. We don't like ambiguity, as Polish alluded to. We, we like binary. Yeah, we barely yeah. like anti sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we could. We oh, could geez. never. We could never. <sighs> no, <Chill>. so <laughs> it was. It was. It was something because, like, combo breaker. Again, I'm being earnest again, and. I don't want to be cringe, right? And be earnest. And I don't want to, like, I'm saying this all in a way that is very not vulnerable and it's very cool and disaffected. But uh, Melee has really been improving, like, my life 
recently. Like, it has been improving me as a person. I was, like, talking to people in the week, like, after Combo Breaker, and I was noticing that I was more present in our conversations, that I, like, was more empathetic. And I was like, this is kind of, this is kind of unreasonable as, like, a thing for gaming to have changed. This is kind of silly. I was, like, noticing... I was like, you know, on I was on my little computer writing some code, you know, doing doing some job, and I was like, I'm kind of I'm kind of in there right now. Wait, I'm kind of kind of in. It. Wait a second, and I'm just seeing like across my life, like it's like it was like just we're so back, like we're just so back. That was the only yeah. thing that I could think. I was playing melee. I was playing unranked, right? Which a deeply evil thing to do, a cursed <laughs> habit. It can only lead to hate, can only lead to pain. Um, I'm just having a good time and I'm loving the game and I'm like expanding what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh man, this rule, I'm doing new stuff, kind of like riffing in the game. I'm like, this is dope. But uh, to get the tipped off, if we want to go there, if we want to go to tipped off and if we want to talk about our little numbers, if we want to talk about our little results, um, I got there and I was not really expecting that much, to be honest. I was really happy. I had stopped caring so much about results. I was like, okay, I cannot care about results while also being able to get them. And if I do not care about results, then I just have fun and I play. And I was playing and I noticed that my first two sets were going to be red and cobalt. And I was like, or not my first two sets of the event oh, wow, that's kind of fucked up to anyone who I played before. Oh, I didn't even conceptualize them. It's okay. Top players are not just like you. They're evil. They're evil in their evil, their evil dark little hearts. And we can well, all understand it, that. And so the story starts at red. I think that's fine yeah. to say. Yeah, the story red starts global. at red. Yeah. Well, I played red, and the first few games, the first couple games, I was kind of like... <sighs> Tournament, tournament, uh, tournament, result. And the last game, I was like, let's, let's have a good time with it. Let's have a good time with it. And then I started, like, playing. I was playing. I was having a good time. I'm in friendlies. I'm playing. I'm having a good time. Then I play Cobol. And I'm playing, and I'm having a good time. I was having a real good time. And I was like, this was, this was pretty bad. That set was not very close. I watched... <laughs> Yeah, I watched our last set and I looked at the things that he did in our last set and I was like, oh, I should respect this threat range. I should respect this threat range. Watch out for those back throws in the high back air sharking. Play around his nair threat range really well. Look for those high value down smashes off of your like out, out spacings. Respect his back air in the corner. Um, crouch cancel any nairs that you can find. And I just found those things and then I was like, and then kill him with your combos. Hit him with your move in a way that he dies. And I did that and I was like, oh, word. Oh, word. Okay. I didn't know I could do that. And it was really funny because I was like, I had spent like a long time looking for like a silver bullet, right? That's like, I want to be good again. I used to be good and I want to be good again so I can get my, so I can get my little numbers and my little wins and results. And I, I was kind of like, I gave up the hope of that silver bullet. I gave up the care about those results. And then I was playing. I was like, Oh, word. Uh, oh, 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 wait a second. What is this? what is this? And then I was playing. I was like, Oh, I'm playing the best melee of my life. Oh, that's nice. That's dope. And that's, it's really cool. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, speaking of numbers, speaking of little wins, uh, of course, Cobalt's a great one, but mm-hmm. there's a big one that comes after that. There is. You want to talk about the Cody set? I can talk about the Cody set, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a player who have you beaten before, correct? I have beaten Cody before. It was a little while ago. Um, I'm going to take a drink of water because my mouth is dry because I've been talking so much. Yeah, you've been you've been regaling the entire audience. I will... Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, uh, I call on this podcast a monologue. You know that about me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Nah, we uh, we don't do I, much work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean once uh, once we're talking about the rankings, once we're talking about the numbers, I hate to say mm-hmm. it, but I I can't I can't be there with you. I'm gonna have to. You two are gonna have to leave me behind. I'll hop off the call. <laughs> but oh, my Cody set. So I kind of came into it, and I was like, Nishmi, Nishmi. I don't really. I'm I'm fine with whatever happens here. It's a it's a Cody set. It's the first set of top 32. Last time we played at top 32 or at the first set of the day was uh, at Collision, where he um, I forgot who said this. It might have been uh, Eric Jorge. He kind of schwabbed on me mm. in that set. He kind of schwabbed on me pretty hard, and I was like, just kind of like, okay. I don't want to get schwabbed on again. So I'm going to really work to like warm up and like be as much like in the zone and like, you know, kind of come in and play the game, but all in all, whatever happens happens. And then I got in the game with him and he kept letting me hit him with moves and he wasn't killing me with as many moves that killed him. And I was like, Oh word. Oh word. Okay. And I'm kind of like hitting stuff like very consistently. I have something. I have something to say actually that might be, this might be a bit of a detour. Yeah. <laughs> Lay it off. So you know how I'm trying to warm up. I'm trying to warm up for this Cody set, right? Because I'm I'm a person. I'm at these events. I'm a I'm a human being. I'm a I'm a player. I want to warm up. And I come to the setup and I come to the setup and it's Josh Man and Zamu and they're playing each other and there's Panda nearby and there's all these people and I'm like, oh Fox players. Oh Fox players. Would anybody like to warm little old me up, little old me up for bracket. You know, we're having a good time. We can play some. We can play some melee together. We can spend some quality time. Josh is like, ah, I'm sorry, only Peach in the bracket. Mm. And Samu, Samu stood by and watched. He stood by and watched this happen. This happens. <laughs> Pride Month too. It, oh, in Pride Month. <laughs> That, I hadn't even thought of that. And in my hour of need, in my hour <laughs> of need, these two dear friends, they were not there for me. And when they when they next need me, when they next need me most, I cannot say I will be there for them. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. You know, it really it really do be be your your dear friends you know those people those people who you thought were your friends rather just aren't there for you cody cody schwab yeah uh so i was going pretty well i think i was playing some really really good melee uh, i was thinking i was playing i feel kind of bad because I was seated 16th at this event, and I should have been seated 16th. Actually, I didn't check the seating. I don't really care about the seating. But 
me being seated lower than how good I was at this event makes a lot of sense because I had been less good than I was at this event. And poor, poor Cody Schwab did not know that I had like tripled in skill. Oh, oh, where has he gone? It's okay. It's okay. Oh, okay. Poor Cody. He just Schwab. laughed. That's it. He'll be uh, back. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> you said the secret word to get Edwin to leave. Oh. And I said the word to get him back. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, every episode he picks two words. <laughs> <laughs> he picks two words. One that he'll, uh, when he hears it, he'll, he leaves. And the second mm-hmm. when he hears it, he comes back. Does he tell so, you the second word, or do you have to guess? No, you have to figure it out. Oh my god! And you knew already. Uh, it was apparently secret. I said I haven't said secret yet. So oh, that was okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, he's back, and uh, <laughs> he's back. Edwin, thank you for joining us. Nice to have you on, Edwin. <laughs> uh, yeah. So is he? Is he not? <laughs> is he not? It's, it's kind of over. Are we still live? The visual just changed. Are we? Uh, <laughs> hello? Uh, where's the? <laughs> All right, we're good. It, it's fine. We'll, 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 we'll cut this later. Mm. What do you mean we? You gotta do yeah, it. I think, I think it was part of the experience. Like, I don't know if you want to put like an inauthentic melee podcast recording on YouTube. This this falls in line with how we've been going recently. We uh, had had an issue last week. We of course had the very famous issue of uh, Edwin trying to stream yesterday. Mm. Um, so this falls in line. Uh, but but what does not fall in line with our recent string of failures is your set versus Cody. Oh, we're on air. Okay, that's dope. Hell yeah. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? You know, like how many um, commentary. Whichever ones you can normally say. Okay. A word, 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 word. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming into the melee stats podcast, and I'm I'm walking in the door, and the first thing I say is, "Guys, like, what's the slurs policy? Is it like ones that we have, or like?" <laughs> you no new ones. I think yeah, is a good yeah. policy to have. No. <laughs> so, Cody Schwab tipped mm-hmm. off. Round of who, whatever in tipped off winner's bracket. Uh, I'm kind of feeling, I'm starting to feel a little bad in the mid set because I'm starting to win. And Cody, I have this, this human empathy from time to time that I experience. Uh, I've been working on it, but it keeps sticking around, right? And I see him and I'm like, oh, there are so many reasons for him to be frustrated right now because it's a very, very early match. Uh, He's, you know, he cares more about winning than I do by quite a bit. So I see that as well. Losing the set hurts him way more than losing the set hurts me. And then in the crowd... We've got, you know, tipped off. Kind of the beauty of tipped off is that it's we brought a major. Not we. I didn't do it. Uh, they. What do I? What do you mean by they? Uh, Ohan and any associated toing staff brought a major to the south west east east southeast east. <laughs> east. 
I know east from west. Everybody knows that I know this. You'll hear this. Left from uh, right, you know it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's too easy. We brought a major there, right? And it's a lot of people's first major. And that means that some of them don't really know the cheering etiquette. And they're cheering and they're saying, oh, yeah, you drop that, Cody. You drop that. You don't hit that edge guard. And that's not, that's not very kind cheering. Because we cheer, we cheer for people. We uplift. We do not. We do not cheer against. We don't tear down. It's kind of etiquette. And I'm seeing Cody, and I'm like, oh no, buddy, come on. It's a. I'm sorry. Like I'll try to get them to calm down. I'll try. Oh, this sucks. Oh, this sucks. But I'm also playing like really good melee. I'm playing like some of the best melee I've played in a long time. And then I'm up, and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, this. Oh no. Uh, and then we go to FD, and or no, he ta he takes the second stadium game, and then we go to FD, and the FD game I really really enjoyed until the end, because think about these top players, right? Is when you push them to the edge, when you bring them to the brink, when you're up on them, it's like they've got something special in there, like there's something that activates. I don't know if it's an aura that like cows their opponents you know like something that like bends you into submission or if it's a new style which their opponents are not ready to beat surely a mixture of both right but i i'm up two stocks to one in the fd game and uh da, 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 i'm like kind of seeing i'm starting to see the clutch come in and he takes that stock and i'm seeing the clutch come in and i'm like Oh shit! The clutch is coming in. Oh baby! And but the problem is because I've I've my mentality has gotten so much towards appreciating the thing that I'm doing and being there and having fun. I'm like, this is so sick. The clutch is coming in. Like I get to play against the clutch. This is awesome. Because if I lose, that's really cool and that's like beautiful melee. Because I'm playing so well. And if he beats me playing so well, that's so sick. And if I win. I've beaten the clutch, and that's such a cool, like, step for me. Um, and then he kills me, and while I am dying, he tries to do a ledge dash for no reason, and he had a stored Doraki, and he just dies. I think that's okay. <clears throat> you, had a, you had a stitch, <laughs> right? The stitch didn't hit, but I think, like, it's fine that it all evens out. I don't, I don't, I don't really think, I, I think... I think the biggest thing about stitches isn't about getting them. It's about how you use them. Mm -hmm. I think the stitches, you know, sometimes you don't want the stitch because you want to throw it away because the other person could catch it if you're playing Dreffen. And Dreffen can, can kind of beat you up with that thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I won that set. And it was really, it was really, really interesting, like, as an experience for me because I had gone from, like, oh, literally a week prior I would have never played melee at the level where I could win that set, no matter how bad Cody's playing at the time, right? No matter how bad he's playing, I could not have reached the level where I could beat his floor. But the Mind Goblin. But the Mind Goblin... Um, well, the Mind Goblin would have been happy. The Mind Goblin would have been so happy. It would have been like, ha, 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 I win. I win. I beat Cody Schwab. I beat uh, I, number something in the world. Those rankings, right? I'm tying it in. You guys, you guys know that stuff, right? You guys love those rankings. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of weird because I, I won that set, but like winning it in that way, I was just like genuinely very upset, and mm. I was like kind of like, like just angry, which was kind of a weird, you know. It, 
it reminded me of when I beat Hungrybox for the first time. And it was in a similar, very stupid way. And I was like, sure, whatever. That's fine. I don't care. This is stupid. I'm going to get so much, so much praise for this. People are going to be all, woo, but it's not, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. It was stupid and it was dumb. And I don't care about this stupid stuff. Uh, and, you know, that's all good. Uh, the accent was cool, though. The accent was really cool. Yeah. That was genuinely. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh played Axnex and i had a really fun time and i would say i was playing kind of like kind of scared because i was like pikachu should be or like pikachu should be pikachu. i was like it should be pikachu you know it's not a big problem we've we've all seen what armada does to the rat right like that was like True. work i think i don't know i actually don't i don't, I don't, I don't know what those spots. Uh, <laughs> so yeah i'm going in and that that kind of like you know it's the mindset that you go into a set is what is in you and what is in your heart and your soul and what is motivating your choices in that moment uh, very much influenced the uh, gameplay in the set and the result. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of scared. And he was playing around my fear so beautifully. And he was doing all of these super good, like up smash reads and like tomahawks and empty lands, and all these great spots. He was picking these such good spots to approach me and interact. He like found some like patterns. Uh, and it was like really, really cool to watch him dissect, dissect that kind of play. And then right before game five, I kind of like pulled myself back and I was like, okay, okay, what's happening here? And I was like, I'm playing scared. And since I'm playing scared, I'm not doing this, I'm keeping myself within these ranges. I'm not like kind of walling in those situations. I'm going to my autopilot stuff. And then in the last game, I played like very intentionally interactive melee in the last game like all of the interactions went way better and he did kill himself but they both killed themselves a lot during those sets i mean i didn't so that's a skill mm -hmm. issue i guess mm -hmm. you know i that's how i see it my character stayed on the stage uh but yeah in the last game it's just like it was really cool for me to just make such like intentional active adjustments and then see immediate results from that results in 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 game terms but also i was like oh Winner side top eight word 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 all right all good hell yeah i'll take that so yeah it was, it was a really cool set it was a really good time mm -hmm. how is the tournament experience itself because we talked about um you know how this is pretty much like a kind of a smaller tournament this was had a lot of regional vibes but if you look at the player list did not you know really fit the the bill of regional especially coming off of Kind of the opposite, a tournament that was a lot bigger in terms of combo breaker, but mm -hmm. definitely had like a smaller group of noble players. How did those two events, uh, just as events to be at and attend, how did those compare and contrast for you? How did those events compare and contrast? Well, I don't know. Combo Breaker, they were both like awesome. They were both very, yeah. very fun events. Combo Breaker kind of had an energy that was like, you know, we were the Smash. We were Smash and we were there and we were having a good time in our in our Smash area. But it was really cool to also like just be alongside the greater FGC uh, and to just watch these people play these games that to me, who does not play real fighting games, I play the little baby kitty game. Uh, <laughs> And I'm looking up at those big, strong characters fighting each other and punching each other with those flashing colors. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh, sure. But like, that wasn't the important part. The important part was just really cool. Like the kind of like the vibe, kind of like the energy. Cause it was like, it was so clearly just like a huge like community expression of like just love for, you know, their community and what they're doing. And it was really cool to see that like from a community that I don't really like, I, I don't know the net anything at all about those games so the vibe was like really really great 
tipped off was like like I tipped off was really really cool tipped off was really cool and I don't say this because I did well at tipped off uh <laughs> Though it doesn't hurt look, though if you look at the numbers if you look at the stats you know you will find i did no yeah it also didn't hurt um it tipped off just kind of i think since it was so many people's like you know because it was in the southeast because it was like you know a, a bigger tournament with all the top talent there right it was so many people's like first quote-unquote major i don't care about the delegations of tournaments but they have major vibes with regional vibes uh but it was like so many people's first tournament and yeah everyone was so like happy everyone was i like wouldn't be surprised if there had been like if you hear that there was like a gas leak in the venue that like made people like <laughs> emotional that like made people like extra happy and like just glad to be there and like so happy to be spending time with their friends at this place and like i don't know you've seen because there have been like i don't know if we've seen uh jorge eric jorge's thread out of the event he was waxing kind of poetic in that thread. Mm. did anyone else think you were getting kind of poetic vibes from that thread. Sound off. He's a, yeah, he's always waxing something. This time he was waxing poetic. And mm. maybe maybe all of his detractors haven't thought of the gas leak theory that you're bringing it's, up. It's, you know, there was something in the air. There was something in the air at that event. It just felt really, really special. Uh, and I was so glad that I could be a part of that just at all. It was just... Yeah. It was the good homey vibes that it's like, you know, you get into melee and we're all playing the game and you want your wins, but that's not the important thing. Like the important thing is the community and the people and this event, like really feel, felt like it encapsulated that. And it felt like it was mm -hmm. a lot of people's kind of first exposure to the greater smash community, to these bigger events in that way. And, you know, I huge, huge thank you to, Ohan, who I know was the TO for the event, and to anyone else who may have helped put on the event, I do not know. I don't know any other names because I'm a top player. I, I only, I'm too busy, you know, studying the game, you know. True. Because, uh, but yeah, it was just, it was a really special tournament. It was really, really cool. Well, Edwin, I think one of the uh, the things that we talked about when we talked about this tournament was that it was kind of a grassroots thing, right? You know, it's not like a combo breaker and even compared to some of the other bigger events that we have that are, you know, smash only. This one definitely came into the field with kind of a real regional vibe. Um, and one of the, I think the, the best things to hear about it is hearing about how many people's first tournament this is, because when you look at the numbers that we have this year, uh, we've got Genesis, which has like everyone going, of course. And then after that, we get like a 400-some person tournament collision and a 300-some person tournament major upset. I think Battle of BC hit just over 400, and this one is just under 400. So look at these numbers, and it, it, it might seem a little dire compared to years ago. Um, 2017 had five different 1,000-plus person melee tournaments, which is insane. Uh, but... I, I think one of the, the things to take away from this is the you know fact about how many uh, people were going as the first one. So Edwin, what do you what do you think about hearing about this about tipped off? You know, we, we heard about kind of the vibe of it. We we talked to Wills about it last week. 
Um, how important do you think tipped off is going to be when we look back at it? Yeah, so tipped off is kind of interesting because it's actually had quite a bit of a history in the scene. I went into this a little bit on the on the episode with Wills, but tipped off used to routinely drive people like PP and Hungrybox to the event. It was it was a very large Atlantic South regional. Like if you wanted to go to an event that was likely to feature a top ten or or even a couple top five players there and all the best within Georgia. Uh, CFL, like that whole Atlantic South, the Carolinas, tipped off as the kind of event that that uh, that you would start going to. The um, you know the the funny thing is that around the time when tipped off started to erode from the national spotlight a little bit was when Summit came into the picture, right? So there was that Smash Summit weekend where when Summit was going on, tipped off eleven, I think it was tipped off eleven was going on. So. Right? That was the infamous Drug Fox losers run. The fire alarm combo on on Wizard. yeah. So so tipped off has actually had quite a bit of history in the scene, but it was it was starting to move away from the from the major spotlight that you know it may may have been inching towards in the in the pre summit era and arguably even the pre Evo era, right? So I think where tipped off and where a lot of events of that kind of caliber are in this current post summit this post-Evo ecosystem, is they're suddenly, you know, we, we've talked about this on the show before with Collision, they're suddenly finding themselves in this position of being not just a, a little bit more important than they used to be, but actually being pretty crucial for players to go attend and to, to support the eco, the Smash ecosystem with. Look, I, I think that clearly the, the scene is currently going through a bit of a turbulent time, but at, at the very least, one, one thing I can say that it's kind of led to is... Something we talked about before on the show, the, the rebirth of regionals, but also regionals kind of entering this new new status where they mm -hmm. start to become more appealing to a lot of your Zanes, your J-Mooks, your, your Cody Schwabs of sorts, because they realize, you know, like, if, if we're not going to have these big centralizing events like Summit or Evo, you know, I, I suppose we have Ludwig, maybe maybe he and Mogul Moves run events that fit that fit that sort of centralizing focus of each year that once exists in the past. Maybe they don't. We, we don't know. But the, but the point is, without something that we, we know for a fact that fills in that void, you know, the, a nice consolation prize is that we have a lot of tournaments that people want to go to. So mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I'm interested to see if Tipped Off can return next year with that same kind of energy, that same kind of appeal. You never know. So much in Smash can change. But I think for right now... What happened last weekend at Tipped Off 14 was, was a pretty good indication that people still care about this game. The game can draw a lot of new people that can find something special at this, their first real big tournament. And I'm excited to see what it does moving forward. And I think it's, I think it's funny that we're saying that for a series that's actually been around for so long. So just all in all, a lot to talk about, a lot to dive into, mm. lots of love. You know, we talked about how this was uh, a lot of people's first tournaments and how hopefully they'll be back and... I think there's no reason to think that they won't be back because what we saw was so sick. You know, we uh, I've said this forever that it's really funny that Melee is smaller than it was five years ago, six years ago, um, because I think what we have now is so much cooler. And that's not like Hungrybox hate. I, I just legitimately think that the top level, um, while I love the Five Gods era and, you know, I was a huge Armada fanboy, I'm not going to complain about 2017 or so um miss him I so bad <laughs> all right you two need him back. <laughs> two peach players all right all right all right i i don't even know if i play peach anymore i think i just uh 
I'm a cultural peach mate. Um, <laughs> I empathize with, uh, with my, pe- my peach rats. Uh, uh, so as I was saying, I think this is a great tournament because the the it was such an amazing experience. You know, um, obviously Mango will be centered on when people talk about this tournament, but I, I just really think that this was a fun tournament to watch all around. And um, it I'd be remiss to not talk about the guy who won it all, which was Zane. You know, a person who we kind of talked about whether or not he was still going to be able to be in contention for that number one spot. Now, Polish, you uh, did some homework. You told us before the show, you did some homework. You're on the Melee Stats podcast, uh, you know, waiting for game, but a podcast presented by Melee Stats. Um, <clears throat> you did some homework. Uh, what did you think about the Zane win here? Well, you know, I would say that you have to put it uh, within the context of the mm. rest of his year and really look at his other performances at these uh, at these great events. And you know, you have to look at it and you have to mm-hmm. put together his uh, his portfolio and his resume. And portfolio, yeah. You know, I've looked at the numbers, I've checked the stats, and I think this guy, I think this guy's got a shot at the biggest <laughs> number, number one. Fuck, no, is uh, that the biggest number? The small number. Oh. It's a I feel like that's Yeah, it all fell apart. Yeah, I. You're close. I, I'm. I'm glad Zane won one. That's in terms of stuff I care about. It was cool. He played. Mm-hmm. I, it was cool. It was so cool to play him. It was so cool to watch him play. And it's. I'm happy we got a mango Zane. Happy we got some of them playing. I didn't see the set. I did hear that it got a little brutal. So we're we're like frowning a little bit in our hearts for that yeah. one. But, you know, happy for the guy that he won. That's dope. That's sick. Zane's cool. <laughs> so, uh, game one of Winner's Finals, I did... Uh, they played Winner's Finals, right? I'm not going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one of the first set between Mango and Zane, I did comment in Discord. I said, um, the children of the, the future will not understand why this 3-1 was so cool. And unfortunately, I was correct. Um, I am cursed with being correct about stuff, and it was a 3-1. But it's so I, hard. I, I it's it's a tough line. I do think that um, you know if you if you look back at this, this might not really mean a lot, but um, I think like in the moment it means a lot. One, it's amazing to see Mango play. Mango did play really well. Um, obviously, you know his sets versus Amso was a big one that you can point to to show that he's doing really well again. Uh, but also his sets versus Moki and Aklo, which. One of the interesting things is that it really didn't seem like he steamrolled them. He had to really pull it out to win, um, which it might be counterintuitive to say that that really makes it a great Mango tournament, but I really do think that his ability to push through this and win um, when, like a couple weeks ago, I'm not sure if he would have beaten Eklo, uh really shows that this was a good tournament for him. So I, I think it's a, a tournament that, you know, the history books might just show it as kind of an easy Zane dub, but it really doesn't tell the whole story. Um, did you get to play Mango at all this week? And I don't know if he, I mean, he didn't have his only peach and bracket would have been you, but, uh, nobody warms up little old me, <laughs> little old me, the only peach and bracket who's all fell off. Nobody wants to warm up little old me. Oh, I didn't No, I, I didn't play him even a little bit. And I don't think I watched him play even a little bit or no, you know what? Speaking of me not interacting with Mango, 
Um, mm-hmm. I watched because I was up right after Mango versus Aklo, and I watched him do the the, the it was oh, it was like two stocks to two stocks, right? And it's that big moment, and it's like he's competing, right? And he hits, he gets Aklo off stage somehow, and Aklo's recovering, and he hits him with like the reverse hit of the back hit of Falco down smash. And that hits Aklo so perfectly. I like just bought my camera super. <laughs> that hits Aklo like off stage, like so beautiful, so perfect. He gets the kill off it. It's a huge swing kill. And I'm here being me in the moment, authentically appreciating Matt or not Mango Melee. And I'm like, Mang, I want to be like interchangeable. I, I, it's so true, so true. I want to be like Mango. Like I, that was so sick. That down smash that you did was so cool. Good shit, dude. That was so that was so cool to see. And I'm walking down because I'm walking down the stage. He's walking up and he's like taking cups from people in the audience and drinking from them, which was that yeah, sounds about right. Post COVID, yeah. Post COVID, like what do you mean by that? And, and I heard there are a lot of cheers. I saw a. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's a wonderful photo album from the event, and OG Kid is popping off at just the sight of Mango drinking random liquid that he got from the crowd. Why did he do that? <laughs> Why did he do that? Does anybody know? Earnest question. That's just how he does it. Wait, who, wait, who? OG Kid or Mango? Mango I think they both. Mango, Mango. Why was he drinking? Okay, yeah, that's how he does it. Random liquids. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, that's it worked dope. out. That's raw. But you know what? It wasn't cool for me because I'm going down, and I'm like, I'm like. He's like, he's like, he's like right here, right? And I'm like over here, and he's facing away, he's drinking liquid. I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, well, I kind of need to get down to the stage to play Zane, right? And I'm like, I go by, and I'm like, Mango, 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 hey man, hey man. And the crowd can see this, like, there's multiple people, there's like crowd people, they start being like, Mango, Mango, pull it, Mango, look, Mango's pulling. I was like, I'm, it's so over. I'm fucked. It's so. I didn't interact with Mango at all. He just would not. He couldn't spare the time. You know, he was too busy drinking random liquids out of cups from the crowd, and just went up on the stage. And I was like, he boomed me. He got me. <laughs> the audience, they were there, and they watched me get boomed, and they watched me go up. And I play played my little heart out versus Zane anyway. <laughs> that you did. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, obviously a well-fought victory for Zane. Let's not, uh, mm-hmm. you know, let's not mince words about that. Um, <laughs> Edwin, what did, what did you think about, uh, Zane taking this entire thing? Obviously he's a hard person to count out. You know, we had our episode last week. We didn't pick Zane. We didn't pick Mango, but in that we did make sure to mention <laughs> there's a likely chance that either could happen just because there's no way to really count them out. Uh, yeah. What do you think about Zane coming, uh, you know, definitely, his best performance this year, if you're just looking at pure results. Um, yeah, what do you think about his performance here? Yeah, I thought this was great. Um, one thing I would say with Zane was that within this particular field of tipped off and just the way that the bracket was set up, I think Mango beating Amsa was quite monumental for for Zane's chances of win, winning the tournament, yeah. you know, if, if we're just going to call it, call it like we see it. Part of why I didn't feel confident in Zane winning the tournament was because he had a pretty tough projected bracket. He was supposed to play Cody Schwab, and then he was supposed to play the winner of Amsa versus Jamie. Mm. And obviously, as we know, mm. that did not quite happen. So did this event significantly change my mind on Zane in a vacuum? No, I always thought he was very good. I always knew that there were certain matchups that he excelled in. I knew there's matchups that he struggled with, even even if he, he could win those every now and then or work towards evening those out. But I still think very highly of him. I still think he's a contender to be the best player in the world. I think 
given this victory that tipped off, he could he could very well tie functionally tie the race between or make for a third person in the race for number one between Jay Mook and Cody Schwab. So mm-hmm. more than changing my opinion on him, I think this tournament solidifies what the potential ceiling of his results can be. Now, the person who I who I really think um, or if there's a if there's a different way to view Zane, I think it has to be weighed in the context of how we view the field changing, right? So is this second place Mango that we're seeing, the Mango that is going Falco against, I guess, against opponents that we know can be can beat his Falco or can beat his other characters? Is is Mango is this Mango here to stay? Is this is this the end of the Doc Lear, the Marth Marquez, and losers bracket to friends era? Is this something that can point towards a set of results that we can look at Mango? And we can look at everything else. We can look at his first two tournaments of the year, roughly treat them like the equivalent of DQs, or, or take them into context as what they are. Or are we going to go back to the mango that we saw earlier this year, where that just becomes a part of his year that we have to assess? I don't know, but I, I will say I, I think if we can see the the mango that is trying his hardest, beating demons like Amsa, you know, e- even though he, he fell fell to him, just still being competitive with Zane more or less, if this is the kind of Mango that we can attempt to see, you know, that is, Mango's presence in the, in the metagame is going to have a huge ripple on, on everyone. So, and, and it's one that right now I think would favor someone like Zane. Simply put, is Mango back? Is the question on everyone's mind. And Polish, as someone who's done their homework, do you have an answer to, is Mango back? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. What He's vibes been... did you get from him? Per- I know that you didn't get to speak to him. I did not interact uh, with Mango in or outside the game, even a little bit. Did you get any I, vibes uh, just from the way that he was playing, or you know, or just seeing him around? I um, saw him play that one game versus Aklo, and I was like, <laughs> "Damn, there he is, the melee stats number one player of all time." True, the goat. <laughs> um, I don't melee know. Melee stats I, and Panda Global. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> no, I uh, the the way that I see it is, I I hope that he the game's making him happy. I hope that the game's making him happy because the game was clearly not making him happy. Mm-hmm. The vibes were off. It was so over. He was going to events and he looked at the number on on his phone. And the number was three, and the vibes got real bad. And did we just lose Edwin again? Wow. What? <laughs> did I, is there a second word that makes him disappear? I think he's just a bad podcast host. It's just a, oh. So, <laughs> we, we, we would never say that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, see, you know, there, there, it was hard to watch him at some events, especially, you know, Battle of BC was this kind of weird half trying half kind of sandbagging one um but genesis was really the one that was really hard to watch as a melee fan not even as a mango fan just because it's like the the vibe i got was that he had zero interest in playing the game and at that point it's just like well do it or don't right and we don't want to see a mango that gets 97th uh -hmm. i'd rather see a mango retired than that and there, it was, you know, kind of scary for a little bit. I know we saw a lot of tweets, even after Battle of BC, as recent as just a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, was saying that it might be over, might not, you know, have the same spark. And then an event like this comes up, mm-hmm. an event where not only does he do well, but 
you know, to kind of separate results from feelings, an event that <laughs> kind of seemed like his care and, and, you know, love of the game was palpable. I only saw his post-tournament tweet where he was like, Georgia was like super homie. The event was super cool. So I have no more weight on this than mm. any Redditors trying to psychoanalyze Mango. <laughs> but the vibes seemed good. So that's cool, man. I hope his vibes are good, and I hope he's having fun with the game because mm -hmm. I want to keep seeing his play because he plays the game so special. Uh, and I'd like to play against him too, you know? I'd be, be a yeah. lot of fun. You never played against him in tournament, right? I'm not sure. If I have, he probably beat me so bad that I blocked it out because I think I'd remember a, like a fun set with Mega. <laughs> Well, yeah. I would like to see that fun set eventually, and I hope that we do get to see it. I hope you're right. Um, I hope that he continues to enter stuff, and um, it seems like we will have to wait to have the answer to the question, is Mango back? We've got a couple events coming up in July, and I you know, expect to see him at at least one. I don't know. I think he's going to be popping up at something, and uh, I think that's kind of when we're going to have a lot more of the context of this tournament whether or not this is kind of a one-off or whether or not it's the same thing that we ran into before where uh, Mango doesn't like his rank. Mango stops trying in the ha in the first quarter of the year. Mango comes back. Mango wins tournaments. Mango gets ranked a bit low because of the first quarter of the year. Mango gets mad about his rank and doesn't get... Yeah, like the, the vicious cycle that we seem to run into, which is, I guess, all my fault at this point. Um, it, it will be interesting <laughs> to see whether or not that's going to be the same thing, kind of similar to what we saw last year. Um, and I hope it is. I, I hope it is the case that this is not a one-off because you're right. He is so incredibly special. Uh, but while we're talking about his kind of return to form, let's talk about a player's, um, rise, not even a return to form, but just a, a straight up rise. So if you, you know, were paying attention to, to what we were saying, there's a couple reasons why this bracket in specific or this bracket specifically, it was, um, pretty favorable for Zane and, that was the lack of a lot of the demons. Uh, Cody Schwab, of course, losing to Polish. Polish. <laughs> From the audience, um, Polish. <laughs> and one of the, uh, you know, of course, Amsa uh, losing to Mango. And the person that we did not mention was uh, J-Mook. J-Mook coming into this tournament as one of the best players in the world. You know, I think the question of tipped off was, are we going to get an answer to who is the better player between Jay Mook and Cody, you know, the, the kind of the race for number one. And uh, we had the top eight and neither of them are there. And it's thanks in large part to a player who uh, I think was not on a lot of people's radar. So this is a player that Polish you played last week, a combo breaker. This is a player that Edwin, you actually came up with as a player to look out for in 2023. This was a player by the name of Moth, an Icy's player from South Florida. So I've got a couple things to say about this, but um, before I get to it, I want to um, ask you Polish. Polish, you, you actually got to play Moth. Of course, Ice Climbers versus Peach is a bit of an evil matchup, but uh, what were your feelings on playing her? Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate Edwin for, you know, having the <laughs> foresight having that knowledge as the greatest melee journalist of all time true uh, it's just you love you. to just see him keep working you know you love the to see it yeah <laughs> uh yeah i i played moff i played her to make top eight at combo breaker and i saw an ice climbers in my bracket and i was like ah nice all right 
that's cool. Um, wobbling isn't, isn't real anymore. Wobbling is gone. So I was like, I haven't, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm peach. There's no wobbling. Well, what the hell? What is this set even going to mean? I, I'm just going to destroy this little ice climbers. I'm going to beat this little ice climbers down. I got into the game with her and she... Okay, so there's a couple there's a couple things that I know about the ice climbers that make their lives pretty hard, right? Um, ice climbers when they jump tend to commit to aerials. Their jumps, ice climbers jumps are not very meaningful a lot of the time. Yeah, I think I haven't played an ice in a while or thought while I played an ice in a while. When she jumps, her drifts and the way that she uses her aerials were very thoughtful, and they like caught me in a lot of spots, and I was like, oh. Oh word! Wait, that you're you're thi you're thinking in there. That's sick. You're like doing stuff like I haven't seen before with the ice climbers. And then there's another thing that I know, uh, which is that I know which of the ice climbers is player controlled, and nice. I know which one is a computer. So when you split up the ice climbers, a very common thing that people do is they're like, "All right, it's time to kill that little AI." But the one that the human is controlling is actionable. Uh, so. I do a thing much of the time where I, I split up the ice climbers and having this knowledge, I do the mix up. I'm like, all right, now we wall out Popo. Hit Popo with a fair. Popo's gone now. Popo is out of the picture. It is Nana killing time, baby. Uh, she adapted that so fast. I don't think I've had an ice climbers adapt to me while I play them, uh, like adapt to that specific uh, thing while I play them yet. And she, uh, I split her up and she just, I split up the ice climbers and she just stood there. And then I was like, uh, I don't know what to do anymore because I want to hit Nana, but you're just standing there and I don't like that at all. And it was just like, oh, there's there's like, she had ideas that I hadn't seen before. She had like this cool stuff that I hadn't seen before. She took a game off of me in Ice Climbers Peach in the no wobbling Ice Climbers post-apocalypse. Um, and the way that she did it was with such a smart shield poke up smash I was on the platform and I was like, I'm shielding. There's no way ice climbers can kill me here. And I saw, I saw I had a little bit, a little bit of the dressing out of those. No, 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 she would never, no, 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 no ice, no one would do this. This would be, and she just, she did it. She hit this insane shield poke up smash to like, just clutch that game. And it was, but you know, that, I don't know. After the set, I, uh, I told her, I like, I, was like I, I, I love your play. Like, I love the way you play. That was so sick. That was so smart. That was so cool. So I wasn't expecting this, but I see it and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. She played awesome. That's dope that she can win this now. So yeah, I, I think that's my, that's the moth take. That's the Polish moth take. <laughs> and I think when you talk to players, uh, a lot of people do view her pretty highly. There's mm -hmm. uh, obviously a lot of technical stuff that she does do. And, um, I think that kind of factors into kind of the conversation around moth and around this, uh, this run in particular. Now, Edwin, um, I know you've talked to some people about Moth. I know that you obviously are knowledgeable about Moth to some extent because you predicted her as a breakout candidate. Uh, mm. Would you like to say anything about her or shall I just go into my rant? Because I do have some things that I'd like to say. Yeah, I'll get one thing or a couple things out of the way. All right. The first thing I want to say is that 
Moth has been pretty good in South Florida for, for a while, but South Florida is a region with a lot of these type of players that end up getting pretty good, but they're within the Florida of Florida of sorts, right? As hor horrifying of a thought as, and as cursed of an image as they that may be, they're, they're pretty far apart from the rest of the main like CFL scene and from, mm -hmm. and, from, and from even the Atlantic South on its own. So when you see a South Florida player at an event, it's actually pretty rare. Like South, South Florida has like crazy, like wild internet with, with even like the northern part of Florida, like they're, they're really far off. That's so the Florida, they, Florida. Yeah, yeah. So you got <laughs> you got quite a bit of isolated players. Like there's also a lot of technical players from from South Florida for some reason. But but Moff has kind of been in that in that range of top echelon of South Florida. When when she goes to events, she she does pretty well. But she hasn't. She never really had any super big breakout wins or anything like that. She had just been pretty solid at the regional level maybe someone you could imagine making it onto the top 100 ballot in it if if she went to enough events but never in my mind and i'm saying this as someone who picked her as a breakout player this year never in my mind would i have actually said that she would defeat a top five player i thought that she she could do pretty well i thought that in a meta game where uh, ice climbers are roughly off meta without slug slug present without lunar dusk at a lot of events i thought moff was a pretty strong overall player that was both good on her own and able to take advantage or to fill in a fill in a hole that maybe had not that that was maybe present in the meta without slug and lunar dusk in the picture necessarily for at most events so that was why i picked her but i personally did not see her defeating jmook and <laughs> yeah hacks yeah. And I think that the caliber of those upsets should really not be retconned as something that... All right, well, now you're jumping on my end. Yeah, well... You're stepping on my toes. Yeah, well, we... Take it away. You you, you did everything on this, so... So, um, the, the, the Moff upset, of course, was something that a lot of people uh, talked about. This is obviously, you know, any upset on a top five level player, uh, let alone a player who is in contention for number one is going to be talked about a lot. And, uh, I want to clear up some things that I saw uh, said about Moff because, um, I disagree with what a lot of I saw. And, and I think that it, it, there's good reason for what I heard. So, um, I've been hearing a lot about how this was obviously, this was an upset. No one was saying it wasn't. Um, but a lot of people were talking about how this wasn't incredibly surprising. And I think this has to do with a few different things. Uh, Polish, you know, obviously you have incredibly, um, high, high things to say about it. What am I trying to say? You have incredibly good things to say about our high opinion. Um, and I think that that sometimes when it's players like that, who finally get to break out, people kind of just assume that they've always been this good or, or that they are always going to do this. Um, I think it's kind of BS. This is one of the biggest upsets of all time. This is Jay Mook, a player who has not lost to a player outside of the top 10 since, uh, 2021, <laughs> a player who went, I think he basically had the second longest top eight streak other than Hungrybox's, like, 100 million year one. Um, a player who, even when he was, like, before the Genesis run, his losses were like Amsa, Frenzy, JFlex, Ginger, players we all know are very good. Before even he the online runs that he had. In 2019, he lost to Fiction, Toussaint, Triff, 42nd, all top 100 players. You have to go back to March 2019 to find his loss to Big Kid and Warmer to find a non-top 100 loss. So this is obviously... Not really. Those aren't really <laughs> non-top this is This is obviously a pretty fucking big deal. And you can say, 
it's Sheik Isis, and I think that's fine because I think this matchup not only is not good for Sheik, um, it is something that we are talking about in the zeitgeist because of Zane's, you know, recent uh, labbing and and counterpicking and possible switching. And um, I will say, he's he was proven right. <laughs> if you if you thought he was dumb, he was proven right. Ultimate vindication. Um, and it was a set that I got to catch a little bit of it thanks to Unsure, the Chicago player and and former to he uh he streamed a little bit of it to the melee stats discord i got to see game three it was not close it was either a three stock or a low percent two stock uh it really just seemed like this was like if you saw the screen and not the players it would be really hard to think that, that player was top you know i don't want to i mean i'm not saying anything bad but I, it, it really did seem like um it was a it was a matchup that you would not expect Mook to be on the other end of it because mm. Moth did absolutely so well. And uh, I think that leads to a lot of people saying some things about Moth that are that come from like a, a really nice place and come from an informed place. But I think they kind of create a narrative that I think is not true and also not as cool as what the actual narrative is. So I've seen a lot of people say she's top 50. She would have been top 100 last year if she traveled enough. She she was on the ballot. She was just outside top 100. Um, I don't think that's true. And it's not me, like, knocking her down. It's me saying that this is a story of a player who improves so much in such a small amount of time. And that's more amazing than a player who we always knew was good and just didn't attend. Because that's not what happened. So I want to talk about her year, and I want to talk about last year. Um, sorry if I'm going on a little much, but uh, I really think that the the stuff Let I saw know. said about Moff... Lay it on us. <laughs> I, I got a little annoyed because it's like creating a worse narrative when the real life one is better. So this was her first top 100 uh, win of the year. Was J-Mook. Was 3-0-ing J-Mook decisively. Her best win before this was Reish. She had wins on Toph and Pleba. Both good players. Wins on Kuya. Wins on Caro, decent Florida players, like players who, you know, people in the know might know of. People, you know, these players could do well at larger events and get further in regional events, but players who I don't think anyone is going to really say super close to top 100. Um, Reach probably the closest of any of them. And then the JMU quit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you might say, okay, well, maybe this year doesn't um, really show what her results have been. So last year is where I saw people kind of point to about how we knew that she was good. Um, I looked at every result that she's had at um, at larger events. So, like, not counting locals, uh, but counting regionals, like Florida regionals. She had two top 100 wins, which was Panda and Vu. Um Panda, she had a 1-4 record with at these events, and Vu was a 1-5. So these were, you know, uh, events that were wins, of course, set wins, but were in a larger set um, disparity in terms uh, take of that. It, taking a set off Panda. Very impressive. <laughs> that guy's a demon. That guy. <laughs> Very Holy, impressive. No, I, I'm sorry. You've, you've convinced me of the wrong thing now. So <laughs> I, I think I'll be on the, the other side now. <laughs> she was already that good. One of the you, things you that is more impressive better? about her last year is that um, there's a lack of bad losses. Like, every event that she went to, um, she basically lost to a top 100 player. And uh, I think, like, the worst loss that she had in an event last year was Golden, who is still really good. <laughs> uh, I think that's uh, that's Falcon Golden. Um, 
or like Akir, who we know is is a beast. Uh, but yeah, I, I really want to point out that the story of Moth is not a player who we knew was good all along and was set for a breakout. The story of Moth is a player who's probably put up results that like 200 other players put up last year. Like decent, good results, but not really breakout worthy, not top 100 worthy, and has improved in such a short amount of time. And we are seeing the the fruits of the labor, right? We saw the insane uh, technology in terms of handoff and tech chases and just all the stuff that you talked about, Polish. We saw it in play. And even the set losses that we saw to Aklo and Kadorin were impressive. They were close. I see this, and I don't say that this is a fluke. I say that this is, you know, something that can happen in the future. And this is from a player who lost to Luna's J Puff this year. So I wanted to, to stamp down this idea that she has been this good all along because the story is actually better. The story is that she has improved and does not seem like she is anywhere close to stopping. Yeah, and I just want to add add something. Um, obviously, it's, it's difficult to tell what a win on hacks means necessarily in the, in the context of 2023 Melee. But we know that as far as his results go... That's a pretty good player, and we and and as far as Hacks is concerned, this is just a month right after Hacks pretty dominantly destroyed Slug at, at yeah. T2. And even though I, I know it's not the same, it was clearly not the same kind of Slug that we had seen at say the Ludwig Smash Invitational. This is something coming back briefly for a tournament before going back on his hiatus or retirement or whatever you want to call it. To to see a set like that nonetheless play out. And see Moth three O that same player a, a month basically a month later. I don't think that was on anyone's bingo card. And the last thing I'll say is that when Flipsy defeated Mango, we at least had one person call it. I did not see a single person say that Moth would defeat J Mook before. Chroma did tweet out the bracket, uh, yeah, the bracket. And say uh oh or something along those lines, but uh, oh, I, I, I I'll thing. say it, I'll say it. You got to go all in, Chroma. You don't get to count that as a prediction. Uh, <laughs> so I I talked a lot about it. I just want to point out some of the things that I've seen about that. And maybe it's nitpicking to kind of say that, and maybe I'm going off of stuff that did not really um, fit the natural vibe of what people were saying, right? You know, maybe the the larger community did just see this as a kind of out of nowhere run. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to talk about kind of what this is, because this is, in my mind, one of the best upsets of all time, one of the biggest upsets of all time. And, uh, you know, I, I want to also mention about, like, J-Mook, one of the best runs to get there. Like, I, I think that as his streak was broken about non-top 10 losses and as his streak ended up getting broken uh, in losers of the top eight, I think, like, no mention of Moff could also go without talking about how amazing that was from Jay Mook. So uh, shout outs to both of them. Kudos to both of them. And uh, I really hope we get to see more of Moff in the future because everything I saw this past weekend just makes me think that there is no reason that we are going to uh, stop seeing any of that anytime soon. If she gets top 10 for the year, do we get to do the thing that we did with the Armada streak when, when Plup beat him? Yes. Where we're, okay, sweet, sweet, sweet. Let's go, Moth! Let's go, Moth! So we just need Moth to be top 10. That's all we need. <laughs> um, 
we uh we've got a lot of good conversation in about tipped off. Is there anything else that we needed to to mention on that any um things that that kind of went unmentioned uh, before we go on to our next segment? Uh, Polish, is there anything about tipped off you want to say before we go on? I don't think I have anything. Ah, I just bit my tongue. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Ah, ah. Never uh, mind. End the episode. I, yeah, it's all over. <laughs> Cut. Still, yeah, actually, just yeah. delete the entire file. Yeah, it was a, it was such a good podcast until that point too. I'm sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I have much else to say about Tipped Off other than to uh, once again say what an amazing event it was, what an amazing experience it was, and thank you to Ohan and presumably others for the work that you put in to make it happen. It was awesome. Yeah, shoutouts. I've heard nothing but good things about the event, and sometimes with events that um take a big jump in terms of uh top players that it, it can be a little hard to juggle the vibes and the you know for for the attendee and the top players um so i was a little worried going into tipped off because they went from having like three top level to maybe top 100 players last year to being the place to be and literally more top 100 players than battle bc had and uh sometimes tournaments can grow a little too fast and you know, the top player experience might not be great and they might go, well, I won't go to this again. Um, so it's a little scary to, to have tournaments like that, but I have heard nothing bad about this tournament. I hope I get to go at the next time. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope that, that the regionals that we keep seeing continue on because despite what the numbers might show, just purely, you know, views or purely looking at, uh, event, you know, uh, attendees, it's been a great year for Melee. And I hope to see it continue. We, I hate to cut you off on such a delightful note, but I will but, say that as a top player, I had one complaint. No, the VIP room was a little small. Oh. It was a little actually small. Cancel right, the event. Never yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it was it's a little done. small, and we had to share it with the tos. And it was what like, the hell? what are like, they doing in there? It was like, you guys don't deserve it. You don't have to, you guys don't game well enough. Yeah, so we, we're anti-union, anti-binary we're, outcomes, anti-tip-off. Absolutely. I don't want to, wait, anti- as, I didn't yeah, want to bring are... it up. I didn't want to bring it up, but since you got us on the topic, as a top player, I had to speak my truth. And I'm glad you did. I'm glad we finally got to cancel to t- uh, tipped off. <laughs> <laughs> took a while to get there, but I'm glad we finally got to do it. Now, Polish, we've been asking you a lot of questions, um, but we have some questions from not us this time. We've got some questions from the patrons. So, you know, you've been on the show before. Um, you know how it goes. We are going to ask you some questions from the... Generally, we ask what they want to uh, have asked to you. They come up with bad questions. We make fun of them. They come up with good questions. And I got to say, I mentioned this last week minds of goldfish they are getting distracted they're not even coming with bad questions i will ask what questions want to be asked and then they'll just find another path and it's because of discord changing the username no one <laughs> there's barely any questions asked i will say though the ones that were asked i thought were pretty good so we got some questions for you uh i can go first this one is from uh this one's from poison so this actually talks about last time you're on the show so last time you were on uh, Waiting for Game in 2021, you were asked about your hair care routine. Has that changed at all since then? And do you prefer having long hair or do you prefer the short hair that you're rocking right now? Uh, that's a great question. Um, 
I would say I don't think that my hair care routine has changed at all. It's still it's still a pretty simple um, shampoo conditioner. Um, you know what? I, How I many times do you wash it. your hair a week? Oh, you know what? I think they're sulfate free in case there's any oh, of the right. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, my partner did that for me. I didn't know enough. Uh, how many times do I wash my hair a week? That's a great question. We, I'm not sure, and it probably depends. Uh, <laughs> I don't have too consistent of a routine in my life. You don't I'm do sure. every day though, right? Do, oh no, 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 no. Edwin, do you yeah, do every day that would, still? That would damage the hair. Washing my hair. Yeah. yeah. Shampooing yeah. every day? You what? Uh, no, I don't I shampoo knew. my hair every day. But you wash you your hair shampoo. every day? Yeah. Wasn't that okay? So, <laughs> so there's just dry wash. There's just washes without any shampoo or conditioner. Dry wash. Yeah, yeah I just realized that didn't yeah. make any sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I think I if I said it with confidence, I think I people could have went yeah dry wash. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you could have got that over the fence. <laughs> Unfortunately, like a pop fly, it did not go over the fence. It's baseball season. I'm a uh, ballpark guy now. Ooh, maybe I go to Polish. Maybe I visit you and the rest of your little friends, and we all go to a baseball game. Sorry, this is off topic. Uh, and what about uh, what about your your? You know, you got a big haircut recently. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. How do you uh, how do you find that haircut now that you have right now? How do I find that haircut? Well, I think I. It's easier to manage. I think that my hair, I didn't really, it just kind of went. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of going. And I was like, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm doing with this. But, and it it would be like, I just just wasn't really quite sure how to style it. And it got pretty long. And I was like, it's not really doing much anymore. Eh. And, you know, I got got it cut a lot shorter. I still consider this long. I don't know. I guess I guess the the metrics are different now because I had long hair for so long, um, mm-hmm. but this length definitely is a lot easier to make it do something. Where you look at me and you're like, that person has some idea of what they're doing with their hair. So I would say for that reason, it's been pretty huge for me. But in terms of a, uh, it definitely still will go. It'll it'll do a lot of things, and I have to reckon with that. There's pros and there's cons. Uh, wonderful answer, and, and you know what? Next time I next time we have you on, I hope that there is a new haircut that you have, and we can kind of uh, yeah, yeah. compare and contrast that those. I'll try to beef up the hair routine if I expect to <laughs> like perform in a way that'll get me invited on again. You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll no. see. Yeah, uh, Edwin, I think we got some more questions, right? Yeah, so this one is from Tuesday. Is the Fox counterpick for Puff motivated by lack of faith in Peach in the matchup? Fox being more fun as well as sufficiently effective? Simply a mental bandwidth pick or something else? If I had to... If I had to describe the motivation behind the Fox in two words, it would be... uh, existential dread i beat hungry box right you beat hungry box with peach and it's like okay it's cool it's cool first time a peach does be hungry box in in so long whoa is all your all your little stats people they saw that and it, it activated every neuron in their brain and they were like no oh, that's the first time oh this statistic oh wow oh wow but to me i beat him and then i was like okay yeah that, that, that felt all right and then i beat him again i made some adjustments in that set and i was like okay that one felt better and then i watched uh dear friends of the show fix 
Yeah, <laughs> for the uh, show. Yeah, Let's yeah. go with that. For the show, hell yeah. Of the show, fiction. Uh, he did his uh, Polish versus versus Hungrybox analysis. <laughs> and I no. watched that and I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, I don't like this. Uh, and I was like, it was, it was at that point. I had had my Fox around for a little while. I had had it in its... My camera got blue. I had it's, it's focus. I had it around in kind of a a prototypical form, you know. I called it my sanity fox at the time, where it was like, if it all ever goes to hell, if everything goes down the drain, at least I have you. You can't. Uh, the only thing that can bar me from competing in top level melee is myself. As long as I have you, sanity fox. But the Sanity Fox, after the incredible psychic damage done to me by fiction, it had to take on a greater role in my life. So I was really playing Fox, and then SmashCon, I watched Hungrybox versus Lod, and I watched three close games, and then I watched I watched Hungrybox lose one, and I watched him change. And I looked <laughs> at the next game, and I was like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And at that moment I was like, it's time. I've got to commit to it. And yeah, I will say the Fox is it's staving off the existential dread because I even, you know, when I lost to when I lost to Mech, I lost to Ganondorf. I was like, even if we do enter some dystopian future where like what if what if Ganondorf's kind of popping off? And like what if my peach I'm having a hard time I'm like I've got Fox, you know, I've got Fox on that one. And I'm like, okay, well, what if Sheik, you know, what if Jmook invalidates Peach entirely? And then I'm like, okay, well, I could play Fox, but he would also invalidate Fox. Oh, he's kind of good against Fox. Oh, no. So, yeah, there's no hope with Jmook. Uh, I still have to hold that one, but I will say it's helped, you know. It's helped me be able to look at Melee and be like, yeah, we're safe. We're all right. We can keep playing top-level Melee. So yeah. <laughs> uh, good to see that, and, and you know your fox is always fun to watch. So I'm. It's getting I don't better. wish you to play Hbox <laughs> if that makes sense, but I. I do. <laughs> okay, I, I with then I, I hope it happens. A major upset? Know. Did you see my major upset set? Where it's not even about the yeah. gameplay or how close. It was. I don't care about any of that. It was a, I just stood there and I lasered him, and I didn't know how to fight any of the interactions. So I didn't like. <laughs> you should watch Sparks Fox versus Hbox. You might oh learn a lot. God. I saw that Fox is so ahead of the game. <laughs> Dude, it was dash attacking at like oh. 187. <laughs> didn't matter. The Fox knew. The Fox was so it deep was an in his unhinged head. Fox. The Fox was years ahead of the meta game. Oh wow! The, the kill with the jab, like weak nair at like 180. God. That was so. That was so special. I'm so glad I got to witness that. <laughs> uh, we've got a. We got another question here. So this mm -hmm. one is from Pipsqueak, and this oh. one is a question that was asked by uh, I think uh, Sharp asked it, mm -hmm. and then it was. Can oh, oh, you're talking about. Okay, never mind. It was a couple people asked this question, um, but it got canceled out by another person who didn't want it to be asked. I think it was like a Kingu Sharp type of thing. Um, yeah, so Kingu asked, and then it got, uh, vetoed by Sharp, and then it got asked again by Polish, so unfortunately two by beats Polish. one. Are you saying, are you saying uh, I'm getting Pisqueak. a question from Kingu initially? You're getting a question, no, Kingu's question was the same thing that, that Pipsqueak asked, but it got vetoed. 
Okay. And then, it came from it came from his mind. Uh, well, I don't know. Depending on how you view it, sure. The question <sighs> is from Pipsqueak, though, officially. Okay, okay, okay. And it's, what are your thoughts on Sharp? That means such different things from Kangoo and from Pipsqueak. Oh, my God. <sighs> I would say, uh, all context aside... Leaving aside the, the mind of Kingu and what had to happen in there for this question to come out and what he meant by that. I think that Sharp is, well, you know, they're much like the, the Swedish Armada, I think, is what I would call them. And the only bad thing that I have to say about Sharp is that if I was ever gonna lean into like the like the NB Armada like branding, that's competition right there. And mm. Sharps from Sweden and Sharp plays Pink Peach. So I'm like, you know, you, you know, there's gotta be that little part of me that's like, what if I'm trying to brand? What if I'm trying to what if I'm trying to grow? What if I'm trying to, you know, get huge? And I'm like, you gotta pray for Sharp's downfall. True. Gotta pray for Sharp's downfall, but you know it's I, unfortunate. But I try to fight the demons, but they're in there. Uh, now, Edwin, there is a increasingly controversial segment on our show. Yeah. So uh, why don't you take it away? Yeah. So if it if it's any blowback to this one, I want you to handle it all. So I'll let you talk about this one. Yeah. No, I made sure to be very careful. This is the, uh, this is the best. first a question from Kingu, then a controversial segment. Yeah, so this is part of a, a new segment of the show. Is it new? I guess it's relatively. new. It's not that new, and you know what? It is uh, overstaying its welcome to to probably a lot of people. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, we'll I, test I, it out. We'll see how far we can take it. Yeah, we'll we'll see how far we do it. Maybe we'll even get the subject of this segment on the show at, at one point to review all of this, so we can put a put a nice sooner rather than later. It. I don't think people are getting tired, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So let us tarry no further. So th we have a segment called "What Would Magi Say?" Okay. So in in this section, we ask a question from our patrons, but you have to answer it like Magi would. So you have to tell us what what would Magi say as a response to this question. So the question I have is, this is from Gamble, Johnny Gamble, okay? And the question is, what explosive device would you use to celebrate an explosive combo? Now you're thinking of what Magi would say. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard to put aside my own experience as a member <laughs> of Party Balloons Incorporated. Uh, but... Could you repeat the question? I think I, I think I need it another time. All right. So this is the last time I'll repeat it. If you can't give yeah. an answer, then, then I have to the I have to buzz in an my final answer. Yeah. Well, the lack of an answer could be what Magi would say. Oh, the silence but... did kind of like speak volumes there. Okay. Yeah. But we'll try it one more time. Mm -hmm. What explosive device would you, Magi, use to celebrate an explosive combo? It's a tough one. I'm running through the encyclopedia. I've got, we're so back. I've got, woo, Magi. I've got, I'm a cat. I've got, but 
I don't know. I came on, came on the show and I just didn't have it. I just didn't. I, you know what? The first thing I'll do after this is I'll get in her DMs and I'll ask her. I'll see what her thoughts are on explosive devices, uh, improvised you, or other. I just you went to I, third I person. You went to third person. You had it, Polish. No, <sighs> you were good until I went into her DMs. You can cut it out. You can edit that out since we apparently edit these things. We don't post we don't the whole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Edward said that. <laughs> do we do Wow. wow. The only thing that we do is if uh, if it gets bad enough, it doesn't get posted. Shoutouts to the COVID denial episode. Oh, word. Was it streamed? Pete, no. No. It's, ah. no. <laughs> only me and the guest know about it. Or, or ha we're, were there to witness it because we were on it. I will not implicate the guest, who I think I implicated last week anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> what's, a, what's a little COVID denial on the Melee Stats podcast? You know, I think people people saying. think that they heard it. If if what you thought you heard was the COVID denial episode, there is a way worse one that didn't yeah. make it. COVID denying, pro-union, what were the, the other pro things? Pro-union, that's the Excuse me, anti-union. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, wait, we, we were pro-union and we were like, we can't oh, air we it. Stop that. Oh, no. Put it in the vault. Oh, God, we can't oh. show that we like unions. It's all over if the Melee Stats pro-union episode yeah, equally, ever gets leaked. Equally cancelable days. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think you had a good answer for what would magi say and uh we'll see how long this this segment runs um voice off about whether or not we're beating a dead horse but uh who knows maybe we'll get magi on and we'll go over it we'll see how these answers stack up to what she would actually say i, um, I kind of want some audience <laughs> participations i want to know what explosive device you think magi is familiar with you know I just, yeah text in yeah yeah yeah. text uh, in call in rates may apply mm, yeah yeah those fees we should Man, get a I Melee remember. Stats call-in line for some of these. Can I get, like, phone a friend on, like, one of the questions at the end of the podcast? We'll, we'll figure that out later. Uh, I think that's, like, that's a Radio Melee's thing. You can phone in there. Oh, but you can't phone a friend, so you're still on the spot. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Melee, who Just wants to be a millionaire? It's kind of Edwin's thing. I don't want to step on his toes. Oh, that is true. It's, like, I his solo career. That. And it's always like weird when people release solo albums while they're in a band. Mm. You never really know what that means, but that's kind of what's happening right now. Well, I feel like uh, insane, Eddie... <laughs> in saying that it's a solo career. What about his history as the greatest melee journalist of all time? <laughs> I feel like you're ignoring. All right, uh, all right well, okay, we, we've got a, we've got a few more things before we let you go, and and mm -hmm. uh, one of those should be a lot easier to answer than the magic question. And I will even give you some time to answer it. Um, our last segment, as you should know, famously unnamed, but known by the fans as touching grass. It's the segment where we talk about stuff that's been going on in our life outside of super smash Brothers melee. We are multifaceted human beings with other mm -hmm. interests. So it's a uh, time to kind of talk about something that's been going on. So I will go first. I will give you ample time to think of an answer. And uh, as much as I'd like to say that it's the NBA Finals, you know, the, the culmination of the season that hurt me so bad at the end, um, I will actually say uh, the thing that I've been doing most of the past couple days is I've been walking. I've been, been going on jaunts a lot. Um, 
I don't necessarily do the 10K goal that people do, the 10K steps goal. I just kind of wander until I feel good and then wander back, <laughs> which uh, generally puts me in like a 12 to 15,000 step count, um, which I'm, you know, very happy with. Uh, it's been good to, to get that that uh, walking exercise because I usually got 15 or yeah, 15,000 uh, at a shift when I would do retail work. <laughs> and now that I don't do that anymore, it's a little harder to come by to get those steps. But uh, yeah, it's always fun. Um, you know, put the earbuds in, listen to music. That's great. I've also been talking to some of my friends, just kind of in like a nice call. It's always nice to get to speak to your friends. Sometimes you don't realize, you know, it goes a long time without talking. Um, so I guess if we're super close and Melee reach out to me, maybe we can uh, go on a virtual walk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, actually the funny thing is that the only day that I did not go on a walk was today. Thanks to the Canadian wildfires creating less than hospitable conditions in my area. Um, so I just did an extra 5k on the stationary bike and I'll act like that's the same. Don't know the conversion rate, but we'll say it's fine. So my thing is, uh, is walking, trying to get 10k steps, maybe more, who cares? Uh, so that's gonna be my thing. Maybe a little boring, but it's been what's going on. What about you, Edwin? Well, I saw I went out with my spouse to see a, a wonderful piece of cinema uh, across the Spider-Verse. I just absolutely loved it. Can't speak highly enough of it. I thought it was the perfect sequel to what the first movie was. I just really adored it in every way. My me and a uh, me and Kim just couldn't stop gushing gushing about it. We just really really loved it. It it made me look back at other sequels that I really like. And compare it to this one, and I, I can honestly say I, I I really think that this is worth the hype. This is one of the best sequels I've ever seen. I just really adore the movie. But that's not what I'm going to spend this segment on. What I'm going to talk about this segment, because it's cheating. It is, <laughs> because that's this, cheating. Because this is Pride Month, I have done my part to contribute to Pride Month by watching The Ultimatum, Queer Love with My Spouse, and today was when the uh, finale and reunion aired. And I want to say this season was pretty interesting. I the I will say that the initial fin so what what they usually do is they have a series of episodes. They have the finale, then they have the reunion episode, which is like the super finale, right? And what I'll say for this one is that the finale was awful. It was trash. The finale made me want to jump off a bridge. It was so cringe. It was so painful. It was it was genuinely like it was hurting my soul so much. And then the reunion, something something dark, like, awoken in me. And as the reunion happened... It was Less so like, than wanting to jump off a bridge? Like, well, darker than that? <laughs> that well, wasn't it, dark? Well, this is like a happy wanting to jump off a bridge. Like, my life is <laughs> complete. Like, I have, I have seen everything that needs to be to be seen. You don't know about I, jumping off a bridge positive? Yeah. So, <laughs> That's kind of weird. Like, it's like dying, like, cringing so much you want to die. But, like, there's a difference between cringing so much you want to die that it's bad versus cringing so much that you want to die and, like, ecstasy cringe if that makes sense and that and that's what this was kind of like the reunion was kind of like that I, I don't want to spoil anything uh but i am a, a as frequent listeners of the show will know i do listen to or i do watch reality tv quite a bit especially reality dating and this season of the ultimatum i, I gotta say uh, it was 
was a doozy, and it was and it was so much better and more entertaining than the first season. It was more fascinating just because of the the <sighs> dynamics at hand within the show are a bit different than the than the first season. I and I uh, not only do I strongly recommend that anyone with a remote interest in reality dating television watch it, but I think uh, I think I actually deserve a reward. I deserve a medal for being such a good ally because that's that's what Pride Month is all about. So yeah, no, I um. I did not watch uh, Queer Love. What's it called? Yeah, Ultimate the Ultimate, the queer, ultimate love. queer Love. So I do want to make a formal apology to the LGBTQ plus community. I, I am thinking less of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, really sorry. I was, again, I was going to keep it. I was going to keep it a secret. Um, now, Polish, obviously, uh, going to ask what you've been up to. But uh, one thing that we know that you've been up to is personally benefiting from Edwin watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, during Pride Month, I think that that was really big, and uh, I, I I think that probably personally, yeah, you came out on top because of that. No, I've kind of got to thank him as a hero, you know. Yeah, for, because like, of my allyship. sacrifice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because of the allyship that you've done and the work, and it's just it's it's so appreciated. Um, yeah, so much to unpack there, but I'm just you know that whole so much to consider. We'll just leave that all on the table. Uh, how about me? Well, I, I've got a lot of things that I could talk about because it's kind of like, you know, how sometimes it's like, oh, I've kind of been doing nothing. And sometimes it's like, wow, there's so many things happening. I'm, I'm in the second one right now uh, where like recently um, the, uh, the plumbing at my house like needed to be like fixed, like replaced or whatever. So we didn't have running water for two days. Mm. Um, my car insurance like reached Wait, out to running, me. Running what? Can you repeat that? Running water, water, okay. water, 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 no, water. I, I, water. I love how people, <laughs> as a, I'm from a water town myself, even uh, though I do not partake in such okay. uh, parlance, I do, I'm intrigued by uh, how other people pronounce it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, go on. You, no, you see a water out in the wild. I understand. I understand. Yeah, so I, I was without running water for a little oh, while. Oh, no. Um, and, you know, we had to have a guy in, and there's been black mold in the basement for, like, oh. nine months, and finally that oh. got fixed. It got fixed. The water is back now. My car insurance got to me, uh, and they were like, wait, you need new powers or stuff. I've been figuring that out. I've been figuring out a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and then uh, my, my car needs new tires, so I think I'm actually replacing those tomorrow at 9 a.m. So that's, you know, it's something to look forward to. But, True. Uh, oh, yeah. And then um, there is, of course, my younger brother is getting married in oh, nice. um, what day is it? It's Wednesday, like a week and a half. So that's that's very exciting. It's it's a season of many things for me. So we stay. Are you in the us. wedding? Am I in the wedding? Yes, I am. I'm I'm around. I'm a groom's person. I'm a groom's person. <laughs> <laughs> so something like that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <Very cool. laughs> moving on, moving on. I was a groomsman at my cousin's wedding a couple weeks ago, and uh, one thing, if you have an experience like me, you'll be congratulated a lot. And it feels like it's really doesn't make sense. I, I ke- People kept saying, you did a great job. And I was like, thank you. I walked up to the front, and I didn't collapse while I was up there. <laughs> like I, uh, But I appreciate it. 
Yeah, well, you know, something my partner and I have actually been talking about is, you know, we're we're not married, and we were like, what if we uh, what if we opened for them, like at the wedding, you know? Yeah. Like it's like the guests kind of come for them, but they also like get some exposure to like uh, to like an underground, less known couple. True. And I think <laughs> I think that with that, I kind of would deserve some congratulations, and I think it might make it a little easier. So you know, you just reminded me of that. <laughs> Well, congrats regardless, whether yeah. or not it be that, or if it's just, uh, you know, walking um, up an aisle and then kind of standing with your hands uh, right over left or left over right, depending on where the groom is. Left hand, the heart. <laughs> yeah. Right saluting. hand, the heart. Right hand, the heart. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Hand over your heart. Saluting to the flag. Podcast. We're a patriotic we love America. We do love America. We do. We do. We do love America. It usually comes from uh, the fact that Europeans talk about how they hate America, and they're wrong mm. because they love it, but they just play a big game. Um, I for anyone who wants to know the story, look at the picture I took of Abe's room. That kid loves America. They'll talk about how much. Oh, we've got trains. We've got healthcare. They will come and they will eat. Popeyes and the Pizza Hut and Puppet, they'll eat it all. It'll be their little bacchanal. Anyway, you've got a lot going on, it seems. Got a lot going on. I've been touching grass. It seems like you have. Yeah. Um, now, throughout all of that, I heard that Melee is good and you are trying to attend as many events as you can. Is there any, uh, like, do we have, like, a schedule of Polish appearances coming up that uh, anyone can kind of cite if they're looking for new Polish content? So I was actually thinking about this because I'm eyeing fate. Gommels will probably we've got like our riptides and our smash cons and our shines and I'm looking at all mm. those and I'm like You should go to Gommel, mm. we'll be at Gommel. Oh I see, I see. Yeah, I, I, PBI has a Gommel trip and I think uh oh, I think Wally Wally might be there. I think that settles it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wally and I were talking about a double peach teaming, uh, which would be, it would be fun. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. It'd be something. I love hanging out with you and Wally at events. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge Ryan head. I've missed him at things. It's like I'm glad he's like pursuing. He's happier, but it's like, come on, but come on, come to the event with me. Come on, come compete. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm thinking about, like, maybe just registering for everything all in a row and just dropping, like, I just registered for, I just registered for, I just registered, <laughs> and having been, like, five majors, but, so, like, keep it on the down low. Like, if I do that, like, pretend you haven't seen it, uh, but otherwise, yeah, looking likely that I'll be at a lot of stuff. Definitely looking to That's awesome. out and play as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Fate, tell me how, you know, what your thoughts in England are. Tell me how you find that country, because it is a silly country mm. a dumb country i think it's dumb because they don't think they're silly it's gonna be a bunch of kingus walking around i'm not gonna know what they to go, do yeah it. they go like uh do you want to take the tube to squimbly gardens and you have to act like they're being serious you have to go squimbly gardens um uh squimbly gardens this time of day yeah i think i'll pass you know like kingu at collision he said Tuesday. He said Tuesday in Tuesday. real life. And I was like, that's that's not just from online. And I, under my breath, I'm like, Tuesday. And he's like, oh, actually, it was Wednesday. And I'm like, he just thought I said a normal thing. Actually, he just like, thought I meant Tuesday. <laughs> no, I was I was astonished that you that you said that. 
So. By far from the worst thing he said at Collision, but no more needs to be said mm, about that. Yeah. Let's lock up <laughs> what he said to me at Collision with the uh, COVID denial episode. <laughs> Bullish, you uh, have been such a lovely guest. It's always fun to have you on. It's always fun to see you in person, but it's uh, extra fun when we get to show you off to the world in podcast form. Now, if people want to follow you, where can they do so? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at SSBM Polish if they want to. But like, yeah, you don't have to. I don't know. I don't like necessarily even want you to, but you can. That's it's an all. option that's available. It's an option. Yeah, because I was asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as for us, if you want to watch these episodes as they go live, we're on twitch.tv slash stats. Um, pay no attention to the last stream we had before this. Right, Edwin? Mm-hmm. Pay yeah, no attention to that um, stream. It never um, happened. <laughs> uh, and if you want to watch these episodes after they air, they're on YouTube on the Melee Stats Archive channel. You can go over to our main channel, Melee Stats, while you're on YouTube and watch our long-form content. We uh, are on Twitter at Melee Stats Pod, posting daily results and uh, weekly links to our articles, which you can find on MeleeStats.co, such as Monday Morning Marth and Melee Stats. Wait, what is the, what the, when's Melee? <laughs> Melee Stats. <laughs> Monday Morning Melee Stats on MeleeStats.co. Oh, uh, and if you love everything that we do, and you just want to support us in the best way possible, Patreon.com slash MeleeStats. Polish, you're a wonderful guest, and uh, you, the audience, were wonderful. But before we go... Edwin, can you take a couple steps back and show the uh, audience your sweater? You have a giant A on your sweater. The letter of your first name is an A. You literally look like you're a cartoon character. Uh, this is like Alvin and the Chipmunk style this stuff. Of course, it's a real thing. Oh. <laughs> you're wearing it. I just have you, a sweater forever. It's can also you, very you, big. <laughs> I just want you to like step, go all the way back to your wall, and uh, you know, stand up. I want everyone to see sweater. it. <laughs> And, and that <laughs> that is, uh, you know, we had a bunch of episodes in a row, back to back to back to back, the, the double Drake, as I called it. Uh, that is how we leave you for an extra week, because we are taking a week off, and then we're going to get back into it. We've got Wave Dash to talk about, we've got Trail Invitational, we've got a bunch of events coming up in the future. So check us out then, and we will be back. Thanks for watching. Peace. See you, everyone.